Mr. Haig and the new Mrs. Haig were still in bed, it being Saturday, but Mum was sure to have heard the postman crashing about, so I didn't stop to read Macpherson's letter, I just glanced at the first lines. Dear Mrs. Jagger, I regret to inform you that your son, Russell... I knew the rest. Macpherson had given it to us in very plain prose the previous morning. Overhead, the floorboards creaked. Mum was getting up, fairy-footed. Haig hits the mat like boots dropping from a great height. I slid the letter back into the envelope and tore it across from top to bottom, the two halves into four, the four into eight. After that it wouldn't tear, but by then Mum was closing the bathroom door and I was in the kitchen, filling the kettle. When she came downstairs I was ladling coffee into the cafetiere, laying out biscuits. I heard her go along the hall to pick up the post, Seven envelopes, a jiffy bag, and a magazine shrink-wrapped to keep the germs out. The letter was not there. It never had been there. It did not exist. There were some scraps of paper in my back pocket to be disposed of later. Can't imagine where they came from. It's amazing the junk that collects in back pockets. Mum came into the kitchen, already sorting the mail into his and hers. Nothing for you. Sorry. There never is anything for me. And then she saw what I was doing. Coffee in bed. Oh, Russ, that's nice of you. She continued to believe that I continued to be nice in the intervals of being a complete bastard. I saved the bastard for school, mainly. I had nothing against Haig. As a Haig, that is. Occasionally I even referred to him as Chris, which is what I called him to his face as opposed to dickhead at school for appearance's sake. In private, he was Claudius, but that was a private joke between me and me. And if he'd known about it, he wouldn't have understood anyway. As a stepfather, he was irrelevant. He could have come the heavy, but from the point where marriage was on the cards, he became very cautious and conciliatory. During a periodic search of his belongings, I came across a book about being a step-parent. So he was trying. I'd have preferred it if he hadn't tried, which was one of the reasons the letter from Macpherson had ceased to be. If he'd got wind of what was happening, he'd have had to play parents, something he'd been avoiding for five months, except for reading about it. I'm not trying to replace your father, he said to me urgently once. I said, you couldn't. I know, he said humbly. Which is why he'd said he wasn't trying to in the first place, I suppose, but I didn't see why I should give him an easy ride. I won't do anything unless it's all right with you, he said. But he went right ahead and did it, even though he must have been able to see that it wasn't all right, although he kept, well, almost deferring to me. I half expected him to corner me in private and say, Sir, I have come to ask for your mother's hand in marriage. Perhaps she had told him about Adam. Adam went right off the rails when his mother shacked up with the beast from Bedford and took his sisters with him like the string of little lady carriages behind Thomas the Tank Engine. As they were all at different schools, it was quite a pile-up. Teachers, social workers, psychologists and, at one point, doctors and cops.